Welcome back to the Unimposters podcast, where we take the pretense out of the presence of your relationship with God so that you can tend to that thing, so you can stop trying to fake it while you make it. My name's Damien, and I professionally read the Bible to other people's teenaged biological output. My, <laughs> my name's Andrew, and I'm currently horrified. Come on, man. I'm trying try like new like tag intro lines. Like all the good podcasts have good tag intro lines. Yes, good, good tag intro lines. <laughs> Come on, pretense, presence. Come on, man. I thought about that for like a whole 90 seconds. I'm the dad joke guy, and that hurts me. <laughs> Somewhere, both of our wives just rolled their eyes out of reflex. Like, <laughs> I felt a disturbance in the force. <laughs> Almost certainly true. Right. So hey, like last time we last time we hung out, man, we we talked about Genesis two and sort of like finished Act two of creation and the creation myth. And so now it's time for like uh, Act three, the the plot twist, the, the conflict. You know, like enter the 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 villain boom, with his twisty mustache. Boom. boom. That's right. Yeah. That's right. All right, cool. So uh, again, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it this week. Uh, if you are riding a skateboard, please do not ride your skateboard and read your Bible. I was about to say ride your Bible and read your. Please don't ride your That'd Bible. Be safer. Yeah, it, it might be, but uh, but don't don't skateboard and read your Bible at the same time. However, if you're driving right now. Also, don't read your Bible. Just listen to the dulcet tones of Andy as he reads Genesis chapter 3 out of the NASB. We found the book that we thought was stolen, which is good. That means that, like, our Bible... Someone returned not, it. Yes, yes. It was not a permanent Bible thiefing, which is not a verb. And we're going to go ahead and read that now. Also, for those of you who are worried about this, I would mention that this is probably the last time we'll read a, an entire chapter. Were they worried? Uh, I can only assume. I, I might have been worried. Now the serpent was the, was the craftiest of every beast of the field the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God really said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of any tree of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat of it or touch it, lest you die. The serpent said to the woman, You won't die. For God knows that on the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then both their eyes were opened, and they knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool time of the day. And the man, said to, and, the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? And he said, he, and I, he is Adam in this time. I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And he said, he is God this time, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman you gave me, she gave me from the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this thing you've done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you more than all the cattle, more than every beast of the field. On your belly you will go, and dust you will eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and hers. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall strike his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply the pain, your pain in childbirth. In pain you will bring forth your offspring, and your, your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Then to Adam, he said, 
Because you've listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it will grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face. By the sweat of your face you will eat, the, you, eat your bread. There you go. Till you return from the ground, because from it you were taken, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now the man called his wife Eve, because she was to become the mother of all living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. All right. That one ends on just, you know, such a, such a high note. Woohoo! Yeah, just, yay, cheerful. Yeah, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's... It's, it's it's hard to listen to, man. It's, yes. And I mean, like, if, okay, if you've sat in church for any amount of time whatsoever, you have heard this story. You have heard the story referenced. You've oftentimes even heard of this story read. This is this is the you know it's it's what we uh, what we re- quick reference refer to as the fall of mankind. You know, we we were talking earlier about like you know whether that that might be an accurate depiction of the fall of mankind. Andy, you had a really good point though. So one thing is, the fall of mankind is not just chapter three. It's the next eight chapters. Like, because chapter three, we have this disobedience, like this problem. And then chapter four, we have another problem. And then chapter six, we have another problem. Yeah, they, they, they keep stacking problems. And they, they have the opportunity, and they, they stack the problem again. They, they have the opportunity, they stack the problem again. Hey, yeah. maybe we should try something new this time and do it again. Same thing. Yeah. And, you know, and like, you know, for scientific purposes, maybe it's, you know, it's, it's really good to be there to just demonstrate, hey, guess what? It wasn't the individual people named Adam and Eve. If Adam and Eve are actually like literally the people, and this is not an analogous story or something like that, but there are literally those two people and they specifically and individually failed. This is not individually contained to just them. There's also like other specific people who given the exact same idyllic-ish circumstances also made bad choices. Yeah, and it definitely from a purely like literary standpoint, regardless of any other arguments, yeah, the next the next several chapters are making exactly that point, right? Yeah. It's saying this is not a one-time mistake. This is how everybody acts all the time. This this is the this is the nature of you. This is the, here here's a mirror, here's you get acquainted. Yes. All right. So, just like last time, we're going to look first at like what questions pop up if we're being super honest about what is in this scripture here. And so what what questions pop up at us as we're as we're as we're looking at this? All of them. All of them. Think good. Yeah, All right. So good. this, I think, this is a perfect example of why it's important to get the big picture before you get your panties in a twist about the details. Good. Because every single line, like every single verse, is debated about the details of exactly what is going on, but almost no one disagrees about like high level what is going on in this chapter. So like high level, God said not to do something. A talking snake said, "Yeah, you should." We thought about it for a little while, decided to go with the talking snake. That, like, like, so we're not doing the job God created us for that we just talked about for, with Genesis 1 and 2. And refusing to do the job that we exist for has consequences. Like, everybody's pretty on board with, at minimum, that's what's going on. Now, most people are like, yeah, but you should also add, and then you get into a specific reading of a specific verse. 
which everybody disagrees about all of those, but like everybody's on board with this high level picture of what's going on, but getting into the weeds causes a whole bunch of problems. So anyway, that, that is a all to say, make sure you've like, what is God telling me about himself? Yes. Okay, now that we've got this down, now we can worry about some of the details. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like big, big picture is this is you. This is yes. your problem. This is not a them problem. This is not a, hey, welcome to the tragedy you have to live through because someone else made a problem. It's this is your reality played out in the, uh, in the drama of someone else that's been recorded a long time ago. Uh, no, this is, this is you. See yourself in this story. I'm nodding emphatically. There we go. Good. That really works every time we podcast, too. You know, every time I've edited one of these things, I can actually tell when I'm nodding. <laughs> I, I don't know why. It's maybe because I just like, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's been soon enough since that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is where I was nodding. Like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I'm not housebroken yet. <laughs> How about this? I'll just list a whole bunch of questions, and then we can pick out some that actually matter. Let's go. So what's up with that? The man and his wife were naked. The serpent was the cra- now the serpent was the craftiest of all of God's creatures. Like that's weird. That's a weird segue. Um, why does the snake ask a question that is clearly misrepresenting what God said? Why does the woman add this extra part? Is it because like what you bring to the text, whether you think Eve is explaining something that was explained to her between chapters two and three, or if she's taking what God had said and making up her own rules, or if maybe Adam told her something and she didn't know, like she didn't get the directly, like that's entirely what you decide coming to the text. The text doesn't say anything about that. Um, what's up with this tree? I mean, that's kind of back in chapter two, but what exactly is a tree of the knowledge of good and bad? Um, why shouldn't they be eating of it? Uh, what's up with these curses? What do they have to do with the, like with the, with the sin, with the problem? Because like, because that ties into, are you going to see God as making as, some, as somebody who makes arbitrary rules and then punishes you arbitrarily when you break them? Or, like, is there a connection there? Um, what's up with them tying fig leaves together and making loincloths? Why does God give them clothes after they sin? Why does, what's up with God saying us? What's up with the snake? Why is the talking snake? Got it out for people. What's up with that? Um, why are they getting driven out of the garden? What's up with the flaming sword twirling to and fro to keep them out? That's a good set of questions. And I, I think that is probably a pretty good, honest look at a person who, you know, is actually looking to see if, the, it, like, it, is, is this faith something that I can truly invest the entirety of myself into? Is believing in this God something that I can say yes 100% all the way through? Because the... The millennial generation, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, Gen A, what, whatever we're going to call them next, are very fact-checky. Like, you know, wonder, wondrously fact-checky. And want to know, like, the hey... Internet, man. But yeah, I know, man. I'm like, and like, hey, Google's gotten better. Wikipedia's, it's, it's still the wild, wild Pretty west good. of misinformation. But it, it does get some stuff right. But there, you know, we don't want to just, like, jump into these things, like you know, halfway, we want to be 100% in. But I'm going to have some questions when I jump 100% in, man. And one of them is, who is this God? And like, I, dude, I think out of all those, the one, the biggest one for me is, did God set them up to fail? Did God set mankind up to fail with one thing he's not supposed to do? And that's the only story we hear after, like, you know, they walked with God was, hey, oh, by the way, there's a snake, and he was clever and stuff, and, and then this, this thing happens. 
Uh, you, you don't even you don't even you don't even hear until the punishment about the other tree, and you know what it could have been, and so the the question that that I think, I think I probably keeps more people away from it than anything else is the question of did God set mankind up to fail in the garden with the with the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? This is one of those things where, what you, how you like how you read, the rule, and the punishment for breaking the rule ties into your entire view of God, right? Like this ties into, do you see God as like an angry, abusive father or other, you know, adult figure who makes arbitrary rules and then beats you when you don't follow them or when you just make a mistake? It's like, cause that, that ties into how you read the entire Bible, right? And then you see Jesus and you're like, yeah, a guy who kills his own kid for some reason, that's a good religion to follow. Right. Right. Like this. Yeah. So absolutely. That's, I don't know. I don't know how to say it other than that's a big deal. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, um, and so I, I think it's important then to, to maybe approach what, what happened then in the, in the moment when, when Adam and Eve made their decision, which is like, I, you know, I don't think we even like, we were talking earlier about how there's so many different approaches to what it was that actually happened or like the nature of what sin is, is taught in so many different directions. And I think it's important that for anybody who's listening right now, um, I don't know that we're really going to give you something prescriptive about what, what that nature of sin is. What we want to do is we want to give you a guide to start checking it out and seeing what, you know, how to, how to, uh, how to hunt that beast for yourself, how to, how to skin that skin, you know, how to do the work so that you can actually start investigating what it is that you actually believe. Because we can't believe this for you. We can't, you know, like the, the faith that I have in my life is going to be absolutely useless to you. And so, um, but like there's, there's, there's going to be some different, different thoughts on what the sin was. Because the, the, the tree's there. God said, don't eat it. And then the, the serpent comes along and tempts Eve and Eve looks at it and says, well, okay. I mean, looks like good food. Looks pretty in my eyes. Might make me wise about stuff. Yeah, I'll give it a try. And she eats it. And that's the moment when a thing happened that we call sin. But what exactly is sin is, man, it's hotly debated. So how do we, how do we approach that from, yeah, from this text? So I, I would start with two things. The first thing is just everything you just said, which is it's not necessarily... Like, this is not a situation where you're just going to get a bunch of answers, and you're like, oh, now I believe these answers, and I'm right now. Yay! Like, that's, honestly, that's not a faith that's worth having, because that's the situation where, like, if I can just memorize all the right answers and be done with it, then somebody with a good memory is going to be done with Christianity in a couple weeks, right? Like, there's nothing else for them in this life, because they've memorized all the right answers. And it's like, no, if you, like, if we keep talking about this like it's a relationship with a person, and the thing about a relationship with a person is, they can adapt to like they can, they can you can learn about each other in different situations and it keeps growing and it's new all the time and that's like like we're we're not just using that as an analogy like that's a real thing um but going back to your actual question the so what do we know about sin here again i think we start with with what we can know which is it what if, let's start with the easy part what are the consequences so the woman, all of a sudden, she has toil, literally toil instead of pain, but like, so it's clearly supposed to be parallel to Adam's punishment, where Adam now all of a sudden has to toil on the ground, and Eve all of a sudden has to toil in childbirth. 
Um, so just to be clear, because we never actually officially mentioned it, uh, Eve is not by herself screwing up. Like the text is right. very clear that Adam was standing next to her. Yes. <laughs> like, so he was there the whole time. And then the punishments are very clearly supposed to be parallel where they're both being punished more or less equally for this. So this is not like a, oh, those women kind of thing. But like, but what do we have? Like, what did, what did God just tell them is part of like people's whole job in the world is to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and till and tend the garden, right? So what, and, and what happens when we sin? Well, we have difficulty being fruitful and multiplying, whereas before we didn't, and we have difficulty tilling and tending the garden, right? So this is like the perfect picture of, at a high level, this is just a picture of sin as we're trying to be humans and sin's getting in the way. Like we can't be humans the way God made us to be humans because the sin thing is screwing it up. So, like, so the, the good thing is that, again, we can, we can tackle the big essence of this and agree. We can agree across the board, across denominations, across you know, different seminaries and theological thought fields and say, like, hey, no, we all agree that sin does this thing. What, what, what sin is when it does that thing is something that even people within denominations are not going to agree on. But, but the, the main thing that unites us uh, all across uh, Christianity is that the Jesus. idea, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, G- Jesus unites us. Thank are we in Sunday school? Uh, the thing is the one thing. Yeah, but the, the, the thing unites us is like the nature of what sin is. Uh, what, what, I'm saying what sin is, what sin does. And then the other thing that unites us is the, the, the dealerer of, of, of making sure that that stops doing what it does. The person do it. who deals with sin. Yes, the one who deals with the sin, the, the, one, who, uh, uh, the one who completes its, uh, its cost on us. Well, it's funny you talked about completing things. Nice. Because I'm going to segue. Let's segue. And if you'd like to hear that masterful segue, check in with us a little bit later this week as we conclude our thoughts on Genesis chapter 3, the fall and the cost. We'll see you next time on the Unimposters podcast.